Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. together from remote galaxies are some of the most sinister podcasters of all time the long box of doom dedicated to a single objective the conquest of the comic book universe Hey everybody, welcome to the second half of our 7th Annual Duties Award Show. Uh, we made a monster of a show without meaning to. We went way over 3 hours uh, worth of content. So what we decided to do to make it a little more manageable is to break into two uh, sections. The first section of which we released earlier in the week, which is uh, our comics categories and our television categories. And then now we're releasing our uh, video game, movies, and special categories, including our WTF award, our Gimme 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 award, and our predictions for 2015. So uh, we hope you appreciate it, and I uh, hope you thank you for listening to the whole thing. If you have, we really appreciate that. Thank you for the past seven years of podcasting goodness and fun that you, the listeners, have allowed us to perpetrate on your ear holes. So, without any further ado, here is the second half of the 2014 Duty Awards. And our final category in the section is Best Video Game. Uh, John, you have Alien Isolation on your list, and I know you're a big Alien fan, and there's been a lot of stinker Alien video games over the years, so what about yes. this one? What, what did they do that got it right, finally? They did survival horror. They uh, they they went away from first person shooter. They made a Resident Evil on a spaceship game. Uh, very creepy. You can't kill the alien. You won't kill the alien. If the alien sees you, you're dead. Uh, so it made for a great stealth survival horror, hiding in things, holding your breath while the alien walks by. Um, there are creepy androids that are set to also kill you. Um, I won't get into the story too much. Um, you're not a fighter. You're, you're not a soldier. You're a woman trying to survive in this environment. Your weapons are the things you find, tools and, you know, furniture and, and things like that rather than, you know, having a pulse rifle or... Being able, to, you do get a flamethrower eventually, but all it does is make the alien mad. <laughs> um, so really, really good. Not perfect, but great way to like reboot the franchise. It, it just gets frustrating at times because, like I said, the alien sees you, you are dead. Um, so that can make for some frustrating levels and things that you need to do. But great reboot for the franchise, and I look forward to the tinkering and you know, Aliens Isolation Two should be. Top-notch. And, uh, Jim, you have Wolfenstein the New Order... And, Jim, you have Wolfenstein the New Order on your list, so what about this... I guess it's a reboot, technically. Uh, the third or fourth reboot in the series. I love the old uh, Wolfenstein 3D. So what about this one so good? Well, if you had told me that BJ Blazkowicz would be one of my favorite characters in any video game in, uh, <laughs> in this year, I would have laughed, because uh, you know, that's 
stupid. But <laughs> what they've done, this um, it's by Machine Games, who are a Swedish outfit. They did uh, the original of the Darkness video game. They also did the Chronicles of Riddick video games, uh, both of which were really good. And uh, this is as good a Wolfenstein uh, shooter as you could possibly get in next gen. Uh, it has a really good story. It's a well well told story. You're always doing interesting things. Um, the campaign is just it's it's tailored for first person, um, you know, one you know single player experience. And uh, it's just I mean you get to go do you know you get to go to a Nazi base on the moon for Pete's sake and uh, and beat up Nazi mechs and. Uh, you know, and fly over London on the side of a Zeppelin. I mean, it's just, you're always doing incredible uh, things and it never gets boring, never gets stale. Like, you're doing different kinds of missions. Um, as the course of the story continues, um, the climax is really good. Again, just really, just a really well done. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting anything more than just kind of a rehash of the same kind of Wolfenstein story that we've seen in the past. But I really thought this game flew under a lot of people's radar. And it was just a really solid shooter well realized and just like really a big surprise for me and just really good game so with video games we were even more all over the map than pretty much every other category meaning there's only actually a number one game on this list because only two people could uh, agree on on everything that we liked because we we're all over the place like i said and that's titanfall uh jim and john it's on both your lists so why is titanfall awesome you know aside from the obvious giant max no that's pretty much it um <laughs> I mean, you get to pilot a giant mech, and and it was it reminded me of Mech Warrior from back in the way back in the day. Um, I guess Jim, maybe you'd agree. It's really the ease of driving that mech. Like it's not complicated. It just works. Uh, you know, the motions and controls were like perfect. Absolutely, it's just like the shooting. It just feels so solid. The controls are easy to pick up, and it's really easy. To move around quickly on the board. I mean, I really enjoyed um, just being a pilot on the board because you can wall run and kind of jet boost. Uh, so it gives like a lot of the levels of verticality that a lot of shooters don't have. Uh, so it can really change up your strategy, how you play the game. Though I mean, even on playing on 360 as I am, I know John, you're playing on, on current gen. Um, the, the levels are huge and beautiful. And again, giant mechs too. You know, on top of that, it's like, you know, cool frosting on an awesome cake uh, I was hesitant at first because I knew it was only multiplayer uh, it really didn't have like a single player campaign per se uh, but I really enjoyed it a lot I got a lot of play out of it and if I had any gripes I'd have to say that once I get to I don't know like maybe the later level 20s like level 30 or so I'd kind of established you know what equipment I wanted and, and there really wasn't anything for me to you know to earn with experience I thought maybe you know maybe if they bring more content in the game as DLC, maybe as it goes on, there'll be you know more of a hook for me to play more. But I I really enjoyed it a lot. Again, you know, being a pilot in the game is almost as fun as being in the mech, and uh, I thought that was a really key part of you know what made that game fun. So yeah, Titanfall. And many of those many of those elements have now been copied by like for instance the new Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, where now all of a sudden your soldier can jump you know, has a jump pack and can double jump and the the levels have grown vertically, um, which is cool because now the new Call of Duty is the best one in a long time because of those changes, but definitely taken from uh, from Titanfall, no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, just, it's just a great freedom of movement, you know, just you can, if you see a spot, you can get to it pretty quickly, set up, you know, and, and just, I don't know, it's great. And no, no online hitches for me at all. I never really got booted off or anything. 
So. Well, that's going to wrap it up for TV and video games, but let's send it over now to John. And John, why don't you host our movies section? Gladly. Thank you. Uh, we will start with best non-comic book movie. We took our two movie cat- we took our movie category, best movie, and split it because the comic book movies are coming fast and furiously right now, and it felt like they needed their own category. <laughs> uh, so let's start off best non-comic book movie. Jim, you're number one, also on Richard's list, uh, Godzilla. I I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a really, it it was a tribute to the original Toho movies without being like slavish to them. It was a cool story. The acting was really good. I was just I was so happy. I was so worried after the Matthew Broderick and John Renault version of you know Roland Emmerich's Godzilla that we're just going to, you know, it was just going to be an, another piece of of, of uh, you know garbage or whatever. But it was a really good Godzilla movie. And I, I mean and. Also, I mean, I know you have a number one in your list, but it was just a great um, um, movie. Movie monsters all, all around. I mean, we got you know, Planet, the great Planet of the Apes and Godzilla movie uh, franchises in in one year. So I was so happy about that. Two of my favorite franchises of all time. So, but yeah, Godzilla just I just loved it. I mean, if anything, I would have. I think my only gripe was not enough Brian Cranston. But you can never have enough Brian Cranston. That's true. That's why. <laughs> but I mean, it's just. <laughs> So many cool scenes. I know. I know. It got a lot of flack for you know not having Godzilla all the way through the movie or having you know showing him a lot in the movie or whatever. But I thought that really worked for me. And again, that was more of a tip of the hat to the original Godzilla movies. So, um, I, I just thought it was awesome. It, it does go to show that uh, you know reboots and and uh, you know sequels and, and things they can be good. It's not the fact that they all have to. You know, they're not all going to stink. They just have to be done well, which sounds like Godzilla was. Um, Jordan, another big blockbuster from this year. Uh, I know it's a favorite of yours. And again, Richard, feel free to jump in. I see it on your list. Uh, Mockingjay, part one. The the third installment of The Hunger Games, which they split in two. Yeah, and you know, I, I may have said this before uh, on some podcasts, even if it wasn't uh, LOD, but a lot of people complain when the last movie in a series is split into two, especially with these book translations. And, and for most of uh, the times, I can't really comment because I haven't I haven't read the last Harry Potter book or I haven't read the last Twilight book or something like that. I have read all of the Hunger Games series, and i got to say, I am thrilled <laughs> that they made the decision to split the, the last book into two movies. Um, and, and it really says something when my least favorite half of my least favorite book in the series becomes my favorite of the movies so far. Um, it, it, they, they got everything right. They fixed pretty much all the problems I had with that half of the book. And there's still more problems to fix with the second half of the book in, in the second movie or the fourth movie. But man, they nailed it. There, There's a musical sequence, if you will. It's not really a musical sequence, but there's a sequence that, where music is very important in this movie that is gorgeous and moving. The acting is right on. Um, the script is fantastic. They changed a lot of things from the book, and I can't think of a single change where I went, oh, I wish they had left it the way they had it in the book. They were all good changes, and it only leaves me even more excited for the final movie, especially because while I didn't like the last book that much, the ending to the final book is, in my opinion at least, absolutely fantastic, and I was amazed they had you know the cojones to go there in the book, and I really hope they do in the movies as well. It's interesting. I, I read... It's interesting. I, I read 
all three of the books uh, when the first movie was being released. Um, I read all three of the books in one day, uh, and I've reread them many times since. And like Jordan said, there were a lot of changes in this, but they were all changes for the better and in a way to make it, you know, to adapt it to screen. Uh, it just was necessary, but I, 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 I'm thinking it may have been you, John. I'm not sure. Somebody on a previous show had mentioned about how the first two movies, it all took place within the games, the struggle with the games, the struggling against the other, um, uh, contestants in the games and things like that. Now we have completely, uh, switched gears. It's a completely different movie. It's a war movie. It's, it's, um, you know, I, 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 too, am not happy about when they split uh, movies up just to for money grab. Uh, first thing comes to mind is The Hobbit, which did not need to be three films. Um, you know, Harry Potter, the last one, that made kind of sense that they split that up. And this one, for sure, made sense. I, I really thought they could have done it in one film until I watched part one and was like, wow, that really was a complete film. And now it makes perfect sense why they split this into two. And it's very enjoyable. Amen. Very good. And Jennifer Lawrence is only 24. <laughs> and she is fantastic. Any anytime, anytime things are awesome. uh, looking bleak, just remember Jennifer Lawrence is only 24. <laughs> uh, action is making a big comeback, not because of The Expendables. We'll get to that later. But uh, there's a movie that's on a bunch of our lists, and I'm going to give Russ the, uh, the chance to speak about it. Uh, the Raid 2, Russ. Raid Harder. <laughs> Raid it, on. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it just, in my opinion, amped up everything from the first one. You know, more fights, better fights. Uh, it looked like um, Gareth Evans is, is kind of uh, getting his, his, his directing chops are, are improving on this one. This one was a little longer than, than the first Raid movie, so it wasn't quite as tight. Um, but the action and the choreography for this foreign film is just, you know, second to none to anything in, in the U.S. And the more they they bring those styles in on U.S., you know, martial arts movies, uh, I, I think the better the quality will, will continue to increase. And I, I really hope uh, that the U.S. remake... Uh, you know, we'll we'll take some pages out of the book of, of the raid and the raid two. Yeah, and I really feel like they it is starting to rub off on on U.S. movies, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that when we get to the director section. Uh, number three, best non comic book movie, the Lego Movie, and I'm going to hand this to Richard, who had the Lego Movie as his number one. And that's easy because everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Okay, so I, well, first of all, I'm a Lego fanatic. Anybody that follows me on Instagram or the Twitter or Facebook sees my constant pictures of everything Lego. I probably have purchased a new car for some executive at the Lego Corporation because of how many Legos I buy. And... I was really excited for this movie, one, because I love the Lego video games as well, and when, you know, 
they announced this Lego movie. I'm like, what are they going to do? You know, I'm thinking of all these things they could possibly do. Um, not only was it a well-done story, it's on so many levels for young kids to adults. Um, Chris Pratt, brilliant in this. Will Ferrell, and I will say this, they're the ending of the movie took me totally by surprise. I w- was not expecting them to go into the, quote, real world and, and uh, as they did. And just, everything is awesome. And Fair a real ter- tearjerker at the end, which surprised me. But it, it really fired on all cylinders. I'm Batman. Number two, best non-comic book movie. I am ashamed to say I have not seen it. It could have possibly ended up number one. Uh, Interstellar. Tell us about it, Jordan, your number one movie, as well as Russ's. Yeah, I had to see this one twice for it to end up on my number one slot. The first time, I walked out of the theater and went, man, that's the first Nolan movie in a long time that I didn't just love out of the gate. I had two pretty serious problems with it, and I I, uh, got a chance to see it a second time uh, with some different people, and man, seeing it the second time really brought it into perspective. It is a gorgeous movie. Uh, It is a heartfelt movie. It is. It was just a movie that made me think and forced me to think in ways that I haven't had to in a long time in a theater, and I really enjoyed that. If you if you can find a theater that still has it playing, watch it on the biggest screen you can possibly find because you will see things you have simply never seen before in a movie. And if you didn't really care for it that first time, try watching it a second because man, it really all those problems I had just faded into the into the background, and I could see the setups I'd missed. I could uh, I could understand the motiv- motivations that I had issues with the first time. Was it the science that you had a problem with, or no? I, I actually had no problem with the science. It was more uh, a subplot that was included uh... involving Michael Caine about halfway through the movie that I was like, "Why is this here?" And then um, uh, a Affleck brothers uh, motivation towards the end of the movie that I was like, "I don't understand this at all." That both kind of just disappeared the second time I watched it. And our number one movie for best non-comic book movie, uh, it does my heart good, (laughs) The Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Damn, is that movie good. It is so much better than it has any right to be. (laughs) This whole reboot is so much better than it has any right to be. Um, I don't know. I've professed my love for the apes many times. Does anybody anybody want to jump in or... I will jump in only because I'm not a huge Planet of the Apes fan. I did. I was really surprised by the last one because the last one really grabbed me and I did not expect it to. And then this one, I was like, well, based on how good that first one was, um, even though I'm not a huge Planet of the Apes fan, I will definitely see this assault in theaters. And it's not a good Planet of the Apes film. It's an excellent horrors of war film that makes you care about characters human and ape alike, that makes you sad, like legitimately sad when the war and the fighting starts. If this had been a movie that had the war just was always on the edge and never happened, I would have been thrilled. And when that fighting starts and you have to watch characters on both sides that you care about and don't want to see bad things happen to just fall by the dozens, it was so powerful. Uh, it is an excellent movie and the the motion capture, the performance capture they did had me caring about cartoon characters. And I don't say that derogatively. I just want to put it in perspective. 
90% of what you're seeing in that movie doesn't exist, and it was pulling at my heartstrings. That's how well the performances, the technology, the writing, the directing, the editing, all of it pulled together to make just a beautiful project in a series that up until two or three years ago, I really didn't care about. Which is a shame that the Academy doesn't recognize mocap actors. For... But it's movies like this that will eventually force I sure them to hope do so, because this circus, I mean, just everything he's done mocap has been wonderful, and this was like the best he's done, I think. So, best comic book movie, and what a year for comic book movies it was. And if uh, any of the rumors and, and some confirmations are true... It's going to be a hell of a year next year and many years to come for comic book movies. Uh, yeah. Let's start with Russ. Big Hero 6 popped up on your list. What can, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's, uh, so it's a Disney flick and done with Disney animation, not, not Pixar. But at this point, the, we're talking about, you know, a, a razor's edge, you know, between one versus the other. Um, the animation was was very very well done. I thought I thought the story was good. It was just a good lighthearted movie. I mean, if you enjoyed um, watching, you know, like Wreck It Ralph or uh, uh, even the, like the Lego Movie, you know, things like that that kind of operate on several levels, um, you'll enjoy it. I mean, my my son and I took took my grandson to see it. Um, and he was pretty mesmerized throughout the whole thing, which he was, you know, he had just turned three. So um, getting him to sit still for, you know, an hour and a half or hour, 40 minutes is a chore. Uh, so given the fact that he sat there for the whole time and pretty much just was um, mesmerized and now Baymax is the greatest thing ever for, in his eyes, um, uh, spoke a lot to me. And it, it just, it had heart. It had, a, you know, a good enough story. Um, and I, I hope, I hope it's something they carry forward. Very good. Uh, at this time, I would like to ask Richard to defend Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was on my list mostly because I needed a fifth comic book movie. Um, I didn't hate it, but I'd like to hear what Richard thought. I, I'm just a huge fan of Spider-Man, and I got to tell you, okay, so I loved it when it came out. I mean, I had some issues with it. I definitely had issue with uh, Jamie Foxx and the way he portrayed that character. Um, I really liked everything that dealt with Gwen and, and, and Peter and, the you know, the ending of Gwen based from, you know, the run, what was it, issue 121, 122, or whatever of yes, sir. of the comic book. I love that. Now, with that being said, when I filled out this ballot, that was before I bought the Blu-ray. I've watched it again since then, and uh, I don't know that I would have put it on this list. <laughs> Fair enough. There's a film that's on a bunch of our lists that I definitely want to mention before we move on. Uh, Snowpiercer. Jim, why don't you do the honors? Snowpiercer is a movie by um, Bong Joon-ho. It's based on, a, on an anime about a train. Uh, the, the world has ended. Um, what happened, we tried to fix global warming, but instead made the entire world in, uh, go into a new ice age. And all of humanity uh, remains on a train that goes on a round-the-world trip that takes exactly one year to make. 
Um, it's a really weird and cool movie with a lot of uh, um, just great action sequences and, and good acting. Chris Evans is very un-Captain America-like in this. Um, Chris Evans is in it. Tilda Swindon. Oct um, uh, Octavia Spencer is in it. Great movie. Great science fiction premise. Almost, It's like Bioshock on a train. Um, totally great. Check it out if you haven't seen it. It was in... Uh, limited release here in the states, and it's, it's available on video on demand, which is where I saw it. Yeah, really quirky. I think is a good word, um, and just a cool concept. You know, I know it's based off a off a comic, but uh, different. You know, not superhero and uh, a, a different story. That I know some people didn't buy it, but looks like we all liked it, and I think it's definitely worth checking out. The number three comic book movie of 2014 is X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh, Russ, everything we hoped for, I know, from speaking to you. <laughs> yeah, it met every expectation I had for, the for, for an X-Men movie, for an adaptation of Days of Future Past. Uh, and in a year where we didn't have stronger entries, uh, this would have easily been number one. I mean, this was a really... This is a really tough year to pick, you know, a top-notch comic book movie. Um, and, yeah, there was, it was a, not, not much difference between 1, 2, and 3 uh, this year at all, or in this category, I should say. Which leads us to our number two uh, comic book movie of the year, which only lost by one point to our winner, uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier. It was my number one. I just loved, I'll be quick, I, I love the way they turned this Captain America movie into a espionage and, you know, spy thriller. I thought it was great. I thought the performances were great and uh, just a home run for Marvel. And uh, if you haven't guessed by now, <laughs> the number one movie of the year, Guardians of the Galaxy, no shock. Uh, although it only did beat Captain America the Winter Soldier by one point, still... Great, great year for Marvel. Uh, I know we've talked a bunch about this already. Anybody have anything else to add on Guardians? I just wanted to say, out of all three of our winners here, I mean, I could easily just interchange them. I mean, they all were number one to me. I'm with you. I actually had Guardians as number three uh, with X-Men second and, and Winter Soldier first, but very interchangeable. I mean, I loved Guardians. So uh, decimal points apart. And three comic book yes. movies that have three completely different tones, completely different structures, uh, and just completely different feels throughout. Um, for people who you complain about how many comic book movies there are, these are three very different movies that happen to be based on comic books, and that thrills me. Okay, so in the interest of time, we're going to move the favorite actor in a film category uh, a little bit quicker. I'm going to start right off with our number three, Michael Fassbender. Um, I'm thinking mostly for his portrayal as Magneto. I can't think off the top of my head. Did he play anything else? Uh, nope. Russ, he's highest on your list, so you like his Magneto, I assume. Yeah, I, th I think he does. You know, one of the things I really appreciated was he didn't just try and ape Ian McKellen, uh, who is actually my, my, my first pick. Um, he, he homaged it enough, but makes it his own uh, and really command, you know, took command of that movie, especially in the third act uh, and and just kind of capped it off very well. So, yeah, I just I, I uh, he's starting to get a lot of traction as an actor. Um, 
and uh, I've I've pretty much enjoy everything he's in. Number two, Andy Circus, who hey will give motion cap uh, artists their due on the <laughs> on the long box of doom. Um, certainly for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and what's the other one he did this year? Wasn't Circus something else this year? Well, I mean, he was was he in uh, the third Hobbit movie this year? Uh, I I don't know if he did mocap. He'll be in everything. I'm assuming twice next year. Could have sworn he was in something else. Yeah, I blew it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that one didn't come out yet, but he'll win something next year well, for that. Age one. of Ultron, Star Wars, uh and and a bunch of others I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but uh Yes, maybe that's what I was thinking of all the stuff that he he has been added to for the future. Quite possibly, yeah. Um yeah. And our winner for best actor in a film, Chris Pratt, uh Guardians of the Galaxy and the Lego Movie. Uh I I have to give him credit I I didn't see I don't know the character of Star Lord that well, but I didn't see it when he was cast. Jordan, I know you did, and you're a fan of um, uh, Parks and Rec, which we probably knew him best from. Yeah, Andy Dwyer. Uh, he was also the guy who gets hit in the face with a keyboard and wanted. Uh, he was in that one very shortly. But uh, Burt Macklin, yeah, he, FBI. He, Burt Macklin, yes. He knocked it out of the park in both these movies. Similar roles. Um, it looks like next year he's going to be branching out a little bit more and not get being as uh, similar in his roles, which is good because I, I would hate to see him get typecast. But even with that aside, he was great as Star-Lord. He really brought the pathos and the human element to this you know, otherworldly film with lots of bombastic, weird, bright, colorful alien characters. Um, he brought the pathos to there. He brought the everyman feel to there. And he did the same thing in the Lego movie, but in a different way. And man, he just sold both of those characters. Um, I, I can look over at my little, uh, my little uh, Lego minifigure of him uh, from the movie that I got, and, and also my Star Lord action figure, uh, right there, pretty much right next to each other on my shelf. So that tells you how big of a fan I was of him this year. Fantastic. So now we move on to favorite actress in a film, and uh, for number three. We sort of skipped over this movie as we did favorite non-comic book movies. Russ and I had Edge of Tomorrow very high on our lists, and our number three actress is Emily Blunt, who totally kicked ass in that movie. If Natalie Dormer isn't uh, Carol Danvers, it should be her. Yeah. Yep. I. She was supposed to. She she was supposed to be Black Widow and bowed out. That's right. um, Yeah. Of Iron Man Two. Yeah. Edge of Tomorrow, again, like, you know, a Tom Cruise tentpole action film had no business being that good. Um, and it was excellent. And Emily Blunt really brought it home as a, as a good, strong female character, which we certainly appreciate. All right. <clears throat> Second place for favorite actress in a film, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, once again, The Mockingjay and X-Men Days of Future Past. I love her mystique. And that brings us to our winner. I'm pretty sure she's won this since Iron Man 2 came out. Every duties from then on. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson is our number one actress. And we shouldn't forget uh, Lucy, which was also a big film for her this year. And was it uh, Under the Skin? Excellent. I did not see that one. Saw Lucy, thought it was a little overrated for all of the commotion that it made but uh a good year for scarlet 
regardless. All right, we added a category this year because we are clearly insane. <laughs> Best director, uh, third place, Christopher Nolan. We spoke a little bit about Interstellar. Jordan, I know he's your guy. Anything you'd like to add? I, I, I you know, he's one of those directors who I expect to love his movies, and even with those high expectations, it's rare that he disappoints me, and that, that, so that's why I brought it up with Interstellar. It was weird to walk out of it that first time and not immediately love it, but man, the visuals he and his team put together for that movie, the way he conveyed emotion, the way, if you read any articles when people complained about the sound mix for this, um, which I thought were weird complaints because I didn't hear any of those problems in the movies when I went to go see it, but that's beside the point. His way of explaining what he was trying to do and his answers to those complaints was was, uh, was just fascinating. This is a guy who loves film, who loves the art, who doesn't just want to tell a story, he wants to both stay true to the to the roots of filmmaking, but also introduce new things at the same time. Uh, he is a filmmaker's filmmaker, and I, I just love his work. And, and Interstellar is one of the most gorgeous things I've seen on, on the big screen in ever. Well said. I'm, I'm disappointed that I didn't get to see it on a big screen, but I will certainly be checking it out at home. Maybe I'll just sit really close to my TV. <laughs> uh, number go. two goes to Matt Reeves for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. And and he's my number one, I just want to say, mostly because people forget he didn't direct Rise of Planet of the Apes. Right. Uh, so right. he had to pick up that franchise where the other person left off without James Franco, you know, and figure out how to follow up that great first movie. And he nailed it. He, he hit it out of the park. And uh, I think that deserved a little extra boost. Better than the first movie, in my opinion. And number one best director goes to the Russo brothers for Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, for sure. What were they famous for? Arrested Development and Community episodes, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, and really good ones. Let's let's not uh, let's not diminish their work there. They were really good episodes with a real a good eye for filmmaking, but they were still you know TV sitcom episodes, and uh, Marvel saw the potential in them. Honorable mentions to uh, Gareth Evans for the Raid Two, who showed up on a couple of lip, uh, lists. Uh, Bong Joon Ho again for Snowpiercer. James Gunn, of course, for. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, so this brings us finally to the lightning round. Uh, Rich, we gave you the lightning round because it's your first year, even though it's totally different than everything we've just done for two hours, so you're going to have to figure it out yourself. I I will (laughs) figure that out. So I'm just running through. The first thing we have is the best movie moment. Each one of us picks something different, except for uh, John and I. I will never hear Jim Croce's uh, time in a bottle the same again. Uh, Why don't you talk about that, John, when Quicksilver breaks out Magneto? Yeah, I mean, you said it all. I mean, it was just a great scene. You hope that Marvel pulls off Quicksilver's powers as well as, you know, Fox did with uh, Days of Future Past. Is that a sentence you ever thought you'd be asking yourself 10 years ago? No. No. <laughs> Definitely not. All right. Then we have Jim with We Are the Guardians of the Galaxy. 
because uh, you know we're in, uh, not an explicit podcast, so I can't, can't see the line right in front of that. But it's at the end of the Guardians of the Galaxy. You said it yourself, Jim. And uh, you said it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I think Jordan has uh, one of the most quotable lines of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie. We are Groot. And yes, we are Groot. Yes, we are. Definitely. And Russ, when Cap takes out a Quinjet. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, you're reading Captain America comics, and he's on a motorcycle and throws a shield, and it bounces off three different things and makes something crash. Uh, I got to see that in a movie, and it was awesome. Uh, our next category is biggest movie disappointment. Um, there's several that I think could be on here. Um, John, you had Expendables 3, which is what I got my dad for Christmas, because surprisingly I think he's the only one on the planet who enjoys that franchise. Um, why was that your biggest disappointment? Uh, you know what? I First I need to preface that I wasn't expecting much. Uh, from the Expendables, I usually like it for what it is. I like seeing all my favorite, you know, movie, uh, all my favorite actors from my childhood in the one film, and I usually enjoy them. But it's really gone downhill. Uh, you know, the PG thirteen rating is partly the problem, but not completely. Stallone is just going to the bank and trying to pack in as many big names as he can for the poster, but none of them are in the movie very long, and it's just gotten pretty bad, especially when you see things like we've talked about, The Raid, you know, uh, John Wick, and The Equalizer, and really cool action movies like that. It's a shame to see these guys um, go down this way. Right. And Jim... I don't even know why they keep trying to go anywhere with this franchise because to me it's been dead for a long time, but you have the Terminator Genesis trailer as your biggest disappointment. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. Okay, I don't need to say anything else, do I? I like it. <laughs> I liked it as well, actually. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't you love it. Have all my opposite opinion. Look like, uh, You're not alone, though, Jim. I've heard from most people that they can't stand the concept or the trailer, and I don't agree with them but it's just a trailer yeah. but uh you're definitely not alone in your sentiments that's for sure I just, there were so many high points in movies for me this year i really was, can't couldn't think of anything that was too disappointing other than maybe amazing spider-man 2 uh so i had, I had to go with this trailer because it was very i found it very disappointing and jordan i have to agree with your choice here um of karen jillian for guardians of the galaxy what was your thought behind that yeah, I like Karen Gillan a lot. I mean, I've only seen her in a few things outside of Doctor Who, but I don't think she's a bad actress at all, and I thought she definitely looked the part in this in this movie. That said, I saw this movie three times in theaters. I've seen it more times since it's been out, been out on DVD. Everything in the movie gets better with every subsequent rewatch, except her performance, which only gets more jarring and more out of place, and it just doesn't work. Um, I, I don't see why she was in this movie... Uh, it, it didn't. It didn't work on pretty much any level for me, except visually for her. It was a really cool looking character design, and I hope they can fix that in the sequel, or just cut her out completely. Because if it was another, you know, bit of this, I don't need it. It was the only thing in the movie that didn't work. I'm for also me. thinking that she was in it for the name to draw in some Doctor Who fans into the audience. 
uh, as well. And, and to me, her career since Doctor Who has kind of gone downhill because, like you said, her performance in this wasn't great. And then she's doing some, I think it's already been canceled, though, some ridiculous sitcom. Um, yeah. Uh, Russ, you had Sabotage. Man, I really wanted to like that movie. I mean, when I saw the trailer, I was like, here we go. You know, Arnold back, gritty, hard-edged. Uh, I like the other characters and or the other actors that were in the movie. The trailer looked pretty good. Um, and the, the third act of that movie is a complete... I was really disappointed because I really wanted to see that movie and I really uh, thought it would be good. And, and when I finally got, a, got an opportunity to see it, it was just... It was, I, I, I hated myself for watching I have to, uh, just before we finish up this category with Richard's pick, uh, you realize that Arnold Schwarzenegger is at least partly responsible for three of the biggest movie disappointments on our list. <laughs> I just got that. Who said that 15 years ago? Well, I mean, and I wouldn't call it a good movie, but I actually enjoyed Sabotage. So, but... It, it wasn't anything spectacular, um, just like my pick, um, which I kind of have a little bit of a different opinion on this since I filled out the ballot. But Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I mean, I kind of knew it would be a disappointment after what Michael Bay did to us with the Transformer franchise. Um, just the biggest disappointment on it to me was, was the look. Um, initially, I just went in... Uh, you know, not not expecting a lot, and I didn't get a lot. But I watched it this past week on Blu-ray. Um, when I kind of take the critic eye out of it and don't really pay attention to how they look and just go with the story, it's not bad, but it's still a disappointment. We st- It's still not the Turtles movie that I would want. Best new comic, TV series, character, etc. So let's see... Uh, three of us have the same thing, so let's go to Jordan with Jake Waffles, New Warriors. Uh, yes, Jake Waffles was uh, a character introduced in the short-lived, most recent uh, New Warriors run. He was a dog who was evolved by the High Evolutionary, uh, who also had a cat companion, but let's be honest, cats are awful. So, I'm going with the dog, and Jake Waffles was just awesome. He was a dog who happened to be able to talk, but he was still a dog, and he was awesome. And then, Russ, you had The Martian, which I just ordered on Amazon after listening to you talk about it on the Christmas show. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I talked about it enough there, so I won't I won't belabor it, but um, it's something new I was exposed to this year and immediately fell in love with it. Uh, three bucks on Amazon for the Kindle version. You can't go wrong. And then John, Jim, and myself, we all had The Flash, and I think we've kind of discussed why was there anything you wanted to add to that no all right um and then we have our (laughs) wtf category let's see let's just go down the line oh two of us have the same thing um so you had utopia being canceled and gone girl john (laughs) yes i cheated because i couldn't decide uh, we talked about Utopia already. It's just a great television show. It's a shame that we won't get any more episodes. Uh, Gone Girl, well-made movie. Uh, Fincher knows how to direct, as Russ has said many times. But I, you know, I what the fuck? That's <laughs> it's bizarre. 
It's the perfect portrayal <laughs> of how crazy women are. I, th- I thought it was great. So <laughs> I didn't even dislike it. I just still don't really. I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> yeah, I just I could easily see my ex-wife in that role. Jordan has people give a sh- about a flash show. Yeah, seriously, he's a guy who runs fast. Whose whose chief villains are a guy who makes things cold and a couple other guys from the Jordan. future who run fast. Dude, he's really a guy who fast. swings around on a spider web in pajamas, and his, yeah. his main villains are a guy who has electricity and a guy who dresses up like a goblin. But at least they're not people who just run fast. Really, there's so fast, much fast. more than running fast. So much more. <laughs> I'm being facetious, but yeah, I just you're being I, I'm th- I'm thrilled that you guys love the Flash show. Don't get me wrong. I don't care about the Flash, but I am thrilled that not only is there a Flash show out there for Flash fans, but that people love it. I'm just surprised that so many people love it because it's the Flash. Maybe a Jake Waffles and Mr. Whiskers show. That that it would have. Uh, Jordan would totally be into Squirrel Girl. <laughs> it's all about them teeth, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I have to, you know, say that I think all of us were really surprised by how good it ended up being right out of the gate. So, but I'm telling you, Jordan, you're missing out if you're not watching it. Um, let's see, Russ, you had DC announcing the 10 movies through 2020, which was obviously so that they can try to keep up with Marvel. Yeah, I, it just baffled me beyond words that, um, the next movie hasn't even come out yet. Like, you know, Batman versus Superman hasn't come out yet. It's been plagued by delays and push dates and yet they're going full bore on announcing these these other movies and time frames and everything. Uh, I just, I, I yeah, I, I, they, I, I, I'm not convinced. They, that it's all Batman versus Superman is a giant bomb. I'll still get my Suicide Squad movie. Exactly. So I was gonna say that's gonna be their sleeper <laughs> hit true. right there. I think is Suicide Squad. Um, and then both Jim and I um, agreed on a WTF moment this year where Gotham paid homage to Joel Schumacher with the Balloon Man episode of Gotham because <laughs> it was so ridiculous. It, yeah, it was stupid. It, and, it, and it was like a blemish on, on what usually is a really good show. All right. And then our next category is Gimme, Gimme, Gimme um, Marvel Netflix show for John. Yeah, I think in in fifteen I'll only get uh, Daredevil, but that's a huge, huge thing for me. Uh, John used to host a Daredevil-centric podcast on the that's network, right. So. I I love Daredevil. I'm I'm really hoping that it turns out well, and uh, I'm really excited. My next favorite character is probably Iron Fist, and I'm getting one of those. Uh, that won't be in fifteen, but. Um, I'm just really looking forward to how these things turn out. And speaking of that, I miss your Daredevil podcast. I used to listen to that. I really enjoyed it. We need well, more Daredevil. Play the old episodes again. <laughs> thank, thank you, Shadowlands. Yeah. Not coming back. Uh, Jim, you had Avengers: Age of Ultron and Mad Max: Fury Road. Um, holy crap! Did you guys see the Mad Max: Fury Road trailer? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen the newest oh, man. one. That movie. Um, the funny thing is, the people that I've, I've heard, like who have seen like a cut of the movie, have said it's basically an hour and a half long car chase, and I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> That's what a Mad Max movie should basically be. How about so Charlize I, Theron with a with a robot robot hand? arm? I know <laughs> that movie is just too too badass. I just can't wait to see it. And then Jordan, you had a nap. 
Yeah, there's way too much awesome stuff coming out this year and last year. I just, I need a break, guys. This is ridiculous. I have to agree as I become an old man. Naps are a nice thing to look forward to. Um, I took three during this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the snoring was a little loud over Skype, John. And then, um, (laughs) Russ, you had episode seven. Yeah, for as slightly underwhelmed as I was about the trailer, the teaser trailer, and and probably took some flack for it, uh, I can't wait. I mean, like I said, nothing I saw in that trailer uh, was anything short of awesome. I just was expecting something a little different. Uh, I trust J.J. Abrams, and I'm ready to see it tomorrow. Uh, I agree. I agree with all four of you. Um, that's all stuff that I want. Gimme, gimme, gimme. But my choice is something that every day I think gimme, 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 and that is more Felicity Smoke. I want her on every television show we could possibly have her in. Um, I think they need to do a Felicity Smoke spinoff. Um, gimme Felicity Smoke. If you want to hear more. Gun. If you want to hear more of his Felicity love, just tune into DC TV podcast because every episode, smoke him if you got him. Felicity moment <laughs> with Rich. All right, it could be the worst pun television show. It just every episode could have a smoke pun in it. Up Rich, in smoke. Richard Sheldon, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say Richard Sheldon is up in smoke. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it could be 30 minutes every week of her just reading the phone book for all I care. I mean, just smoke him yeah. if you got him. <laughs> Did you see the uh, the Reddit? I, th- I believe it was a Reddit or it was a Facebook, like, ask me anything type thing. Where she was in she the bathtub? from the bathtub. Oh, yeah. are you kidding? Yeah, we posted that on the DC yeah. TV uh, page, actually. Absolutely. Yep. Hold on. I got to think about it for a minute. All right. Okay, please mute yourself if you're doing All right, so the last in my lightning round here, we have sleeper picks, games, movies, comics that no one knows about. Um, I'm kind of curious on yours, John, because that is a movie everybody has talked about and I have not seen yet, and that's John Wick. Uh, Once again, an action movie starring Keanu Reeves had no business being this good. Uh, It was excellent, and it's... It, it just had a cohesive enough story that didn't get in the way of an hour and a half of balls-out action. And uh, really, really good stuff. Totally surprised. And, you know, if you love action movies, things more like The Raid and less like The Expendables, definitely check out John Wick. That was an awesome movie. Okay. And, like... Theon Greyjoy pretty much playing the same whiny punk he plays in Game of Thrones. Yes. And Adrian Palicki kicking a lot of butt. And, uh, yeah, great. And I didn't wasn't expecting a lot either, but that turned out to be a really good movie. You're right. And, Jim, your sleeper pick is Enemy? It's a movie starring Jake Gyllenhaal. I watched it this year on Video On Demand. It's one of those movies, the less I say about it, the better. But it's worth your time, and you should definitely check it out. He's really putting out some interesting work lately. Yeah, this movie, it's like, I'm again, I hesitate to say anything. And yeah, Nightcrawler was really great. Um, this is really good. It's just one of those movies that it's best you just walk into it cold. So I, that's what I'll say, and I just give it a very high recommendation. I'll have to check that out. I hadn't heard of it, so... Uh, you spoke about this before, Jordan, and I have to agree with you as this being a, a great sleeper pick, and that is the Superior Foes of Spider-Man series. 
It is the best book out there that you are not reading. It is wrapped up now, as we already said earlier. The ending is great. It's great the whole way through. You will thank us if you pick this up. Um, you should be able to find it out there pretty cheap because no one's heard of it, but it's fantastic. You don't need to be a Spider-Man fan. He, I don't think it shows up, well, kind of shows up once or twice, but it's there. really just about a bunch of characters that you will know everything you need to know about them from the 17 issues of this book, and uh, just go read it already. All right, and Russ drew the man behind the poster. Yeah, it's a documentary on net. You can get it on Netflix. Uh, it's about Drew Struzan. Uh, he is a famous uh, poster, movie poster artist. Uh, and it talks about his life, how he got started, uh, how he got started. Uh, a lot of the posters he's com- he's been commissioned to do. Uh, you know, there's a lot of interviews with, with uh, George Lucas and uh, a lot of other, uh, you know, famous, you know, actors, directors, producers. Um, as well, and it's just it's just really interesting to see how uh, he got started, and uh, you know a couple couple trials and tribulations that he had along the way. Um, and it's it's hard to believe that you can watch something an hour and a half about a guy that just draws posters, but uh, but it was pretty captivating. Interesting. I'll have to check that out. I like documentaries, which brings me to mine. And I'm not sure if this came out last year or this year, but I saw it on Netflix this year, and that is Birth of the Living Dead which is a documentary all surrounding everything with George Romero and the making of uh, uh, Night of the Living Dead. Uh, I thought it was really excellent. Um, went into a lot of, you know, behind-the-scenes information. I just, it, it was it was a good documentary. I think you watched it too, didn't you, Jim? Yeah, I recommended it on uh, Nothing's On, actually, when it came out on um so there have been a lot of really good movie documentaries on uh, Netflix in the past few months. There was this, there was Never Sleep Again, the Nightmare on Elm Street documentary. Um, there have been a lot of really great um, movie documentaries on there lately. But yeah, this is definitely worth watching for any kind of zombie fan. All right, and that wraps up my lightning round. Next we have the lightning round B with Jim, so I'll throw it over to you. <laughs> Next is our, our we're, we're getting down to it, just our last few categories. Uh, thanks for hanging in with us. Uh, we have Mad Props. This is where we want to th- shout out Mad Props to someone who we feel uh, didn't get the recognition they deserved or just, you know, we wanted to shout out in some way. Uh, John, you got the uh, Sons of Anarchy series finale? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just a, a great show overall. Maybe not the best season, but that's the way you finish a show. You kill everyone, you wrap up all the loose ends, and you uh, have your lead character commit suicide. That's how you do it. Sweet. Um, I kind of went the predictable route, and I want to give mad props to all of our listeners, all the people that post uh, on Facebook and on our website, and all of our fans. I mean, that's why I keep doing this. And also mad props to you guys for showing up. Yes. Um, Jordan, mad props to James Gunn. Yeah, for not only directing, but let's not forget co-writing Guardians of the Galaxy. He was able to uh, take the, the DNA run uh, and really find out the, the essence and the core of that and translate it to screen perfectly and uh, and make a Marvel movie, but also a movie that was very much his own, and it worked on all fronts except Karen Gillan. So, awesome. Russ, you got Marvel Studios? Yeah, I mean, kind of the anti-DC uh, for me... Uh, which wasn't really intentional, but the fact that Marvel Studios greenlit, uh, you know, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, the Inhumans, 
they decided you have Black Panther. They're going, you know, full bore with this Infinity War thing by splitting that up. The Netflix series, um, you know, Agents of Shields firing all, all cylinders, bringing in Robert Downey Jr. to uh, Captain America: Civil War. Uh, you know, it's just like at at this at this point, they they can do no wrong, and I think they know what works. They know what they want to do. Uh, they're listening to the fans and and giving them you know what they've been talking about. So uh, I I just I, I think it's a, it's been a good year for Marvel Studios. Sweet and uh, Rich, you've got uh, Emma Watson addressing the UN as well as speaking out for Jennifer Lawrence and others that had private pics hacked. Yeah, I don't know if anybody else saw her address the UN on feminism and uh, how women are treated throughout the world. Um, you know, I joke a lot uh, about how hot women are and things you know the whole felicity stuff but seriously um there definitely needs to be equality amongst the genders uh we don't see that much especially in in this country with pay or in countries like the in that are in the middle east where they're just pretty much a second class citizen and uh you know a lot of times when actors or actresses are picked to go and address the un on something it's kind of a novelty and and it's not exactly uh, you know overwhelming uh in this case i thought she did a great job um as far as uh her standing up for jennifer lawrence and the others um I don't understand this mentality of their stars, so therefore we have the right to see their private pictures. Um, that's n not the case. They're still a human being, and just like the rest of us, and their privacy should be, you know, um, respected. And uh, as much as some of us want to see some of these people in their private pics, we have no right to them. And, and I agree with everything that she did in that case. Mad props. And uh, next category, before we get to our predictions and the crystal ball, is best movie everyone hated or no one saw. John, you've got The Equalizer, the remake with Denzel. Yeah, The Equalizer was awesome. It got mixed reviews. Uh, I don't think it did particularly well. I don't get it in either case. Um, every once in a while, Denzel does a... Between some of the great dramatic roles that he's done, he'll do something awesome like uh, Man on Fire or uh training day and and this one fits right in it's uh classic denzel in a badass role sweet i picked an asian movie called why don't you play in hell about these kids because it's who... really hot there i i, I assume there'd be more reasons than just that <laughs> but Satan it, it doesn't was... like you on his lawn right exactly <laughs> and plus you know it's hard to find parking um it, it's, it's a cool Asian movie, very stylized, about these uh, kids who are trying to make you know, their own martial arts movie, but it, it's about a lot of interlocking stories. Um, I, I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, Jordan, you got Snowpiercer? We, we yeah, talked we, about we talked before. about it earlier, but it was a movie that I didn't expect to care about whatsoever, uh, but it was on Netflix Instant, so I decided to give it a chance, and damn, is that a good movie. Uh, there's particularly, I don't want to spoil anything, but there is a monologue by Chris Evans towards the end of that movie that is just breathtaking and horrifying and everything you could ever want out of a monologue so awesome check it out forget that what about the reveal of what they're eating um... oh that's that, that didn't really <laughs> surprise me much but the the monologue about what they used to eat was uh horrifying yeah yeah uh russ you got 300 rise of an empire yeah i, I think yeah I, I think across the board it was kind of panned uh 
I actually enjoyed it. I thought it lived up to the first one. Uh, I, I think Snyder directing this one maybe would have been a little bit of a step up, but uh, but I thought it was fine. I, uh, you know, I liked I every part that Eva Green was in, but that might just be because Eva Green was in it. So. <laughs> she was badass. Yeah, she was awesome. Yeah. And uh, Rich got sabotaged. Yeah. Same movie that was the disappointment earlier. <laughs> right. We talked about that. And, I mean, again, it's not a good movie. I just, I had fun. I liked it. I don't know. It. I can't explain why. It's just. Rich. Yeah. Did you, by any chance, watch the uh, alternate ending? No. Okay, you have to watch the alternate ending. Okay. Not because it makes the movie any better. It doesn't. It's 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 the predator fight in the mud only replace the predator with Olivia Williams. Okay. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Olivia Williams have a fist fight in the mud and it goes on for like <laughs> 7 minutes. Uh, <laughs> no, I want to see this movie. Just the ending. That might have been though. a better ending. Is that was it only on like the Blu-ray or something? Uh, I don't know. I, mean, I, I, I saw it on the Blu-ray, but I don't know where else you could find it. I was going to say, I saw it on video on demand, and I didn't have a choice for an alternate ending. So Yeah. Redbox it or whatever. Yeah. You have to see that ending. Okay. Why don't you just tell me which yeah, your hose with... you'd like to see? <laughs> yeah, your hose with Redbox, too, because they don't show you any of the special features. Yeah. The special well, for features. Christ's sake, download yeah. it. Don't buy it. <laughs> I bet it's, it's on, on YouTube. Streaming. Yeah, I think it's on Netflix streaming now too. Um, and finally, our final category of the evening, and thank you for hanging with us this long, is the crystal ball for 2015. But real quick, let's look at our 2013 predictions for 2014. Uh, John loves RoboCop. True or untrue, John? Um, I wouldn't say love. I liked it. I didn't love it. Everyone hates RoboCop. True. Yeah, that's true. Punisher TV project announced, to which I'll no. see. Let's see your prediction for 2015. <laughs> um, Jim still doesn't have a next-gen gaming system. Yeah, unfortunately, that's true. Uh, Escape from New York and The Thing get deluxe Blu-ray releases. That is also, well, New Escape from New York is coming in April of 2015. So um, The Thing came out this year, though, so that came true. And LOD reunion either at Heroes Con or New York Con. Uh, maybe this year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Crystal Ball Jordan dies in the most boring way possible. I still have three days on that one. You are still alive, my friend. Uh, everyone won't hate RoboCop because Jordan will merely not give a shit about it one way or the other. 100% true. And Guardians of the Galaxy breaks <laughs> 200 million domestically. And Boom headshot. Yeah, that's, a, that's pretty pretty on, on point there. And Russ, you have Doctor Strange is announced for Phase 3. That's a boon. That's a headshot as well, my friend. That was a gimme. <laughs> uh, Robert Redford's character in Cap 2 is the Red Skull. Mm, sorry about that one. Uh, Jordan is dead to John in the most boring way possible. <laughs> Probably true. And I, I'd imagine that, that there's some truth there. There's still um, three days. <laughs> John, do you want to do you want to read your own predictions? Yeah, I'm sticking with it. Uh, the Punisher will show up somewhere. I, I modified it a little. I don't think he's going to have his own series. It wasn't named in Phase Three for the movie. Uh, it didn't show up in Netflix. I don't know why. Uh, but all of these Marvel Knights, New York based characters on Netflix, he's going to show up somewhere. I'm sticking with it. 
I think I'll probably show up in the Defenders, like the culmination miniseries or whatever. I'll take it. Should I continue, or do we each want to do one and go around? Or Let's go around, probably. Okay, right? go ahead. Jim, you're next. I My prediction is that the CW, with the Flash and the Arrow, we've already seen Firestorm, we've already seen the Atom, we've already seen Arsenal, Black Canary. Uh, they're expanding, and they're eventually, before the movie comes out, will have a Justice League of sorts of their own. Now, isn't there a big tease for that? Like, um, in, in the Flash police station, Isn't doesn't it say, like, Hall of Justice on the wall or yeah, something? Yeah, it's, like it's, a... it's like a, um, it's an homage to an old Justice Society logo, a JSA ah. logo from the 40s. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's where they're they're headed, and they could probably get it out and get it together before the movie comes out. So I'm going to go out on a big limb for my first prediction, but hey, it panned out last year with Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, my prediction is that Fox's Fantastic Four reboot will be a huge hit with general public, but the comic nerds will still be butthurt regardless of the quality of the movie. I am going, I've used this prediction in the past, but I'm going to stick with it until it happens, uh, is Microsoft buys Netflix. Uh, they shut down their motion picture studio. I think something's up. Uh, I think Netflix would be a boon for them. Uh I have Marvel, Sony, and Fox work out a deal so that all Marvel characters can cross over into other films. <laughs> Funny. I think that's uh, more of a, a, a wish than a prediction, but yeah. Your crystal ball is broken. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you had crystal ball confused with crystal meth. but <laughs> <laughs> Along with Jim's line of thinking, I say a Booster Gold and or Blue Beetle television show will be announced. Next for whoever, CW, Fox, whatever. I think that's the next place to go. And they weren't mentioned in the 50 years of movies that DC has coming out. So I think it's TV for them. Except with the CW naming conventions, will it just have to be Booster and the Beetle since they don't do colors? Booster and the Beetle. <laughs> you might have something there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine is more of a prediction for 2016 is that the um, the Suicide Squad movie will kick major ass and will be, be uh, a Guardians of the Galaxy style success wow I second Here's that open. my second prediction is that Hickman's Secret War will finally end the Ultimate Universe but Miles, and Miles Morales and his uh, supporting characters will be spared and moved to the 616 but also that the 616 will not be rebooted by Secret Wars yeah, I have a hard time uh, believing that the 616 will be rebooted. But I, do you think they're even trying to make us think that? Or do you think that's what is just I don't think they would have to try since every single event for the last 10 years has had every comic book fan under the sun saying, oh, this means Marvel's going to reboot and it still hasn't happened. Now, that said, if they do choose to do it, I think Hickman is the guy who could make it work. But I don't think they're going to. Well, it gives them a chance to cherry pick some of these alternate timeline characters too, like the Maestro and you know the what you know, X Men twenty ninety nine or whatever they're going to end up on Battle World. So. Yeah, it'll give them without a chance rebooting. to fix a lot of things without any need for a reboot. I'm right, right. there with you, Jim. I'm going to predict that Disney does not put out a Star Wars movie between episodes seven and eight. Uh, originally, we heard that in the off years that there were going to be movies to come out, but. We're already at the end of 2014. They haven't officially announced anything, which leads me to believe they don't. They they do have a director, but that they don't have a script or a cast chosen yet. And so I don't think I heard Aaron Paul as a young Han Solo. That's what I heard as well. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, and I had for my second prediction, uh, Sharon Carter. Scruffy looking bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said because my wife asked me about that. I'm like, well, maybe he'll just call Chewbacca his bitch. <laughs> Mr. Sorry, White, Richard. I know. <laughs> okay, I had uh, the Sharon Carter. That's going to. I think it's going to do better than Agents of Shield uh, in the ratings uh, from the get go. I I think that. Uh, I mean, I hear my dad talking about looking forward to this show and he really could care less about agents of shield so that right there is a predictor for me i just i think it's going to do better spider-man to the marvel uh movie universe thing uh it doesn't happen but it doesn't go away either there will be facebook threads and twitter questions forever but uh, i don't see it happening this year i agree with you I think, well, probably almost the opposite of that. I think the FF movie is going to bomb really badly, and Fox will lose the rights to the Fantastic Four to Marvel Studios, and they will appear for the first time in the Marvel Studios universe in Infinity War. In cameo. Uh, Another comic prediction for me, I think now that Hickman is wrapping up his run, I believe he said all of his writing is actually done. We just won't see the end of that, uh, those releases in Marvel until uh, the summer of next year. But I think Nick Spencer is going to be named as his successor, and I think he will be a worthy one. I've really been happy with the work he's done so far over in Avengers World and, of course, Superior Foes. My last prediction is that Marvel pushes out Ant-Man's release by a month. Uh, so they give Age of Ultron a little bit more breathing room. Uh, they've already pushed out uh, Doctor Strange from summer to, to winter, so it wouldn't be unheard of. Uh, and there's nothing else that Marvel has uh, for 2015 except for Age of Ultron. And if you're right, which I don't know necessarily, I'd agree with you, but I think if you're right, we will know within two weeks or so, because I, th- I heard that the uh, trailer will be premiering on J- uh, January 15th. And I'd say if they have a new release date, it'll probably be on that. And my last prediction, I, I, I put Disney by Sony, but I think it's more just Sony will be Sony Entertainment will be sold. Um, I think that they have taken such a black eye, not necessarily because of the interview thing itself, but all of the hacks of things that have been released. I mean, there's a lot of actors that I would be surprised if they would want to do business with uh, Sony Entertainment again. Uh just based on some of the emails that got released to the world uh and some of the you know i just i couldn't see angelina jolie ever working with them again um uh it's just several of them so i i I have a feeling that because i mean i've read that the sony the the heads of sony over you know in japan and everywhere they're very upset with everything going on I, i could see them selling it off um or at least replacing all of their executives. But um... Well, that brings us to the end of the seventh annual duties. Uh, I want to thank everybody for sticking with us for as long as they have. This was, this was a long one, unless we have split it up into two pieces, which is highly possible since we're almost at three hours at this point. Um, but in case we don't, thanks everyone for sticking by. Because it's a long episode, we'll just... Make it short and sweet. Check out HHWLOD.com for all the cool stuff that we have going on on the network, uh, the Facebook groups, um, and uh, we'll be back soon, hopefully uh, with some some more great comic talk. Happy New Year. Happy 2015, everybody. It's going to be a hell of a great time to be a geek. Who's hosting the... Should old acquaintance be forgot? Who's hosting the awards after party? 
Hydra. Your mom. <laughs> oh. Being held in the women's restroom. Just go on in and wait for us. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be along a little while.
Come at it now 